at you live from Steel City, USA, Birmingham, Alabama. The Magic City. <laughs> you know what our you know what the real name of Birmingham is? You know how every city has like a little name? Tree City, USA. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Look it up on the internet. Do you believe everything on the internet? No. But I've seen a sign. That says, tr- but, but, but I've seen a sign that says Magic City. There's a big one downtown. Magic City is like the nickname. I don't know what the difference is between the nickname and the little name. One's official? Yeah. And it's Tree City? There's tree, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot tree of trees. Tree City, USA. I would say like Hill City. How many hills are down here? I didn't know how hilly Birmingham was. So there ain't down nothing here. flat here. No. People come down here and go, everyone has basements. We're like, yeah, because everything's built on a hill. We're in the mountain. <laughs> Literally, yeah, man. In the mountain. Well, yeah, you want to you want to see Tree City though? Come like early spring and everything's yellow, and you're like, yeah, there's a lot of trees covered in pollen. I I, I I'm gonna need reference. I, I'm gonna need you to show me where it says that. I have a computer in front of me. I could probably look it up. I don't think that's. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you'd lie about that either. So, all right, Tree City, USA. There's places with way more trees. And also, that's... How do you know that? I mean, I've seen pictures of Maine. <laughs> I just watched a show the other day where they're out in, like, um, you know, like, uh, uh, Montana building houses, and it seems like a lot of trees out there. Maybe. I don't know. That's like fruited plains. Well, also, that's pretty lazy. <laughs> That's a pretty lazy. What's our name? Uh, we're uh, uh, that was so much job at a planning years ago. They're like Ralph. When you come back to our next meeting next month, you need to have our nickname. You or you need to have our our official unofficial sub name. He's like got it, and then he forgot, and then he woke up and he got to the meeting <laughs> and they go Ralph. He goes, oh no, we are. He looked outside of a window and said, we're Tree City, USA. You know what? I think I'm wrong. <laughs> you have to be wrong. If I could poke that many holes in it right now. So Tree City, USA. <laughs> you just looked it up? Is a thing. It's like an organization that Birmingham is a part of. Oh, my word. And I must word. have seen this on a sign or something. <laughs> well, and your only basis was I saw it on a sign. We could also be like... Uh, uh, neighborhood Watch. That's on a lot of signs. We're Neighborhood Watch USA because every neighborhood has that sign. Oh here. man, we just wasted however many minutes on. Uh, n- just this only makes you look bad. Yeah, I'm good with that. Well, it's the Arbor Day Foundation. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> so what is our name? I don't know. I don't know how you find out that kind of thing. I don't know. Not everyone has a name. I has bet. a has a nickname oh, like boy. that. I mean, I think we're the Magic City. Okay. Uh, it's the Magic City or the Pittsburgh of the South. Well, yeah, because like Still City. Yeah. Right? Which oh. you said Still City. That's great. Well, <laughs> because I'm about to say, there's that big old metal Magic City sign downtown that's awesome. They don't have one that says Tree City, USA. <laughs> they don't have that, man. Hey, you know, like cities have sister cities. Ours can't be Pittsburgh. No, it's not. You know what it should be though? Birmingham, England, like the UK. It's mm-hmm. not one of our sister cities. It should not be. We're nothing like them. 
Same name, like Florence, Alabama. Their sister city is Florence, Italy. It should not. That's not their sister. That's that's like fourth cousins. Like that's not even close. <laughs> There's a comedian, and I forget his name, that talks about this. And in his one of his stand-up specials, he takes a jab at Paris, Tennessee. But he makes his jab. He the, his whole joke is like, what crummy cities just take another name like oh we're florence oh we're paris and they even have a little eiffel tower in there he goes how dare they just be like yeah we're like paris it's like paris tennessee is nothing like paris france florence italy is nothing or florence alabama florence alabama is nothing like florence italy they got riccatoni's that's some fine italian food (laughs) uh hey Hey, we got Arab Alabama. I wonder who their sister city is. <laughs> yeah. That's like uh, there's uh, in Tennessee, there's Santa Fe. Uh-huh. We, we, we might have mentioned this on this podcast before, but they call it Santa Fe. That's not right. And I'm like, you know what, Santa Fe? <laughs> Something was before this. Yeah. It was Santa Fe. <laughs> but why are you? Uh, we're different. We're Santa Fe. I just name it because it's down there. There's probably a lot of bright people in Santa Fe. Yeah. But the people that started, Did Ralph, get- Ralph, who was the same guy <laughs> to name it, was like, I don't know. We'll call it Santa Fe. We'll Do they different. get mad if you call it Santa Fe? I don't, I don't know. I just know people in Columbia that's close to there. Like yeah. It's like neighboring towns and like, oh, we're going to Santa Fe. And I'm like, mm, say it you, right. You are and you aren't. You <laughs> Say it right. <laughs> um, well, hey. Uh, j- just so you guys know, I-, I am Justin. Chris is the one that thought we were Tree City, USA, in Birmingham down here. So that was Chris with the Weezen. Uh, That's the Weezen for the season. J- just so you guys go, Justin's dumb. He thought it was Tree City. Is all Chris? We uh, do have trees here, though. Th- now there are a ton of trees, but I don't think it's crazy to be like there's so know, many trees. You know what's sad though? I, this isn't the first time I've ever told anyone this. So I've been telling people this for years, incorrectly. Chris, <laughs> and you did a two-second Google search and realized I'm wrong. We just happen to be part of this Arbor Association that is in every other city. Hey guys, um, if you want to just tell, just put on a sign. Chris is going to believe it. <laughs> <laughs> just put it on a billboard. He's going to be like, "Did you guys know?" <laughs> All right. Well, I'm sorry. I took a lot of jabs at you. Sorry, but it was funny. Oh man. Um, hey, episode forty-two. Forty-two. Uh, I can't believe it. We, That's ten away from say, a year's worth more, of episodes, and this will be a year. And surprisingly, more people are listening to us. We had mm. a good week last week this in the pod. Could, this could be the end of that. They're like, "Oh, this guy thinks there's Tree City, USA." This episode may take us down a notch. I don't think it's gonna. <laughs> it's gonna blow it. Up. I don't think it's gonna like ruin our podcast. Um, Remains to be seen, I suppose. Yeah. True. Uh, so last week, what was our topic? Like, oh, why is it so hard being a Christian? Um, it's a good conversation, hmm. uh, starter, um, with that. And so it was just, yeah, I've, I've had a week to kind of be, just start thinking about that some more, as uh, hmm. a good conversation, um, last week, this week, we're going to take a little bit of detour. I, 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 I would venture to say that there might not be a Bible verse read mm. in this episode. And it's okay, guys. And there goes all the people. And it's okay. For all the people that go, hey, can y'all just fast forward through y'all babbling? Like, well, 
<laughs> Hang on tight. You're going to get an episode of me and Chris babbling this episode. But one thing that I want to talk about, and we're going to jump into it. Um, there's no new states, no new countries, and that stuff. Hope you guys all had a great Memorial Day uh, weekend. Um, I did. It was cold here. It was cold. In Tree City, USA. Very it odd. was really it's cold. It's cold today. It was like 70, yeah. which now we're usually like. I mean, cold, I guess. Is, it was is 70, relevant, but we're but usually like 95 up and sweating already. Yeah. Um, but I hope you guys had a good Memorial Day weekend. We're June, This is June 2nd. Yeah. As a recording, it's going to come out June 3rd. Summer's here for us. Um, kids are out of school now. Student ministries picked up. We had a little event last night and every other night. There you go. So we're, we're, we're excited for that. This is your time. This is it. <clears throat> this is it. Um, so speaking of that, we, we have talked in the past about um, our jobs. Mm. If we, anytime the word relationship comes up, it's going to be followed by Chris <laughs> talking about connections he is our connections minister here. I just talked about student ministry. I am the student minister here at our church, Homewood Church of Christ, down here in um, we're, uh, Tree City, USA. We're <laughs> typically not, we're actually not in Homewood. Yeah, we're in Birmingham. Did I tell you they had to call the cops the other night? I, I heard that. Uh, right? So I'll tell you. So this is how you know that we're not, people don't know where our church belongs. <laughs> we are its own. We might be like the Vatican, right? It's its own little country. It's its own little thing, yeah. We're probably that down here. So I was at church Saturday or Sunday night. I don't know which night it was. Saturday or Sunday night. I came up here late, about 9 o'clock at night. Had to get some work done. We're going to talk about that as well, about mm. being in ministry and our time frames. But uh, I, I was up here at 9 o'clock at night. I'm preaching this week, doing some stuff. So I had to get some work done. Um and I'm sitting in my office, and all of a sudden, just pow, 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 pow. I hear gunshots. And I'm like, that's not fireworks. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there's a few. Wait a few minutes, five or six more. Wait a few minutes, five or six more, then some more. It's for about 15, 20 minutes. So I called the Birmingham City mm-hmm. non-emergency number and said, hey, there's gunshots. I... I wasn't afraid. Right. I didn't think like, oh, they're like, we are now being attacked. <laughs> but also, I watch enough true crime documentaries <laughs> and podcasts. It's like, if I hear something, I want to say something. Put it on record. I want to I wanna call and like, hey, here's what's happening. And I said, I don't think it's like a murder. I just think there's gunshots. And where our church is, there's an apartment complex that touches our church. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of houses. Like we're not in the, we're not in the country. Yeah. I just thought that's weird. I've never heard it before. So anyways, the lady goes, where are you at? I said, here's the street I'm on. I think it's happening on this street behind us called happy lane. <laughs> not too happy that night. And she goes, Oh, well that's not Birmingham. I think that may be Homewood. So then she puts me over to Homewood and they're, person online goes oh that's not homewood that's jefferson county <laughs> i'm like glad it wasn't an emergency so then they went to jefferson county and they eventually sent somebody out i don't know what happened yeah a lot of gunshots that night wow they were target practicing oh and just in the middle of the city i would assume yeah um but apparently they may get away with it because it may be that street maybe jefferson county and not in a city i mean we're in a city but i don't know man okay but 
Yeah, that's always an adventure. So I had little gunshots, and I I really didn't care. But uh, um, when you guys hear this on a Thursday, Friday night we have a father child campout. We have like a lower field that's like a football sized field down here. Mm. Last thing I want is nine thirty at night with a bunch of dads and a no. bunch of kids and just hearing pop 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 pop. Everybody's just like, gonna go home. Everyone's gonna be like, "Hey, you know what? I think we're done here. Well, <laughs> I think this camp out is now over." Yeah. Uh, so, I, w- I also told our executive minister Rick. He's like, "I will call them. I'm on let's, it. Let's let's get it. Nice." So, um, anyways, that was exciting. That happened this week. You never know. You never know what's gonna happen. Uh, like having to call the cops at 9.30 at night <laughs> while you're sitting here trying to write a sermon. Yeah. Immediately, I stopped writing the sermon. And I just like <laughs> sat outside behind my truck. Like, if anything happens, I'm at least behind <laughs> something um, with that. Well, hey, uh, I want to have a conversation. We have talked about this in the past episodes on kind of your path and my path in the ministry. Yeah. And before we were rolling, we had a good five or 10 minutes of just like, <laughs> How weird is it? Yeah, that we work for a church. Yeah, um, maybe not in a modern context, right? But in the global picture of the church, like, are we supposed to be? Our <laughs> church is supposed to be hiring people, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't want our you know, shepherds listening to this, but <laughs> we, we would like to remain employed. We would like to remain employed. I know our shepherds, Jeff, I'm just kidding. I know <laughs> one of our shepherds listens every week. Um, but, it, but it's just odd. Right. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but, um, it, it was foreign to my family, mm. also foreign to me, mm-hmm. uh, with me not going to church yeah. until I was like a senior in high school a little bit. And then in college is when I really, got into my faith working for a church was very like odd. Yeah. Like just the concept of it, that never even popped into my brain. Right. Is that something like when you were younger, did you ever think like, I want to be a youth minister. I want to be a preacher. Or were you just like, Hey, people do that, but mm. I don't know how they get involved in that. And that's <laughs> even not the path I want to go down. Yeah. No, I, I never thought that this would be a career for me. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. You know, in my childhood, you know, I had a pretty limited, and we've talked about this some on the podcast, I had a pretty limited view of what ministry was, is. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was preaching. Preaching, singing. Missionary. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, you know. Uh-huh. You have to go off to some yeah, country. Like, and, uh, yeah, a very specific skill set kind of thing, which I didn't think I had, and I still don't think I have those <laughs> uh, skill sets. Um, so it wasn't even until I was, you know, pretty much a full grown adult that I even had my eyes open to other facets of professional ministry, yeah. like, you know, working in production for a church, you know, yeah. Like, oh, you yeah. know, people doing graphics for church and this and this and this, and like that, you know, being a part of a church organization can take a lot of different forms, but even still, even that you know, never thought it would be something that I would do. You know, I just didn't think, I just didn't think it was part of my life plan. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, my grandparents on my mom's side were a big part of my sort of faith development at a young age. And they went to very small churches oh, yeah. that were pretty much 
one community person. run. They yes. may have paid a preacher part time, yeah, but it was everybody in the church who served and led singing mm-hmm. and taught classes, all that stuff. Did everything, you know. It was it 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 would have been really unusual for me to look at that and think, oh, well, that looks like a pretty solid career path, <laughs> you know, just because it was a different context for me. Yeah, you know? and 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 that's also something that I didn't think about is wherever you're listening to this, like here. On my way home, I think I passed two churches. Yeah, and, I and live, it's a short drive. And I live seven minutes from <laughs> yeah. this building, and we pass multiple churches. Um, I drive around town the other day is like church, 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 church. Right. Like you pass, and there's some that like there's three churches in one town, yeah. and it's all community led. So depending on where you live, like it, it's weird here in Tree City, USA, <laughs> Birmingham, that we we have some ginormous Huge churches, churches here. Yeah, I mean like one of the top like four biggest churches in the country mm-hmm. is here in Birmingham. Right. Um, and just other churches around are 2000 members. And, um, you know, our church being about 800 members, that's, 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 a that's, big, that's, that's, that's it's huge. Yeah. Like, cause most churches, I think the average is like 250. Right. And so if you're 250, 100, and I've been to some old country churches that are 45 people yeah, and it's, you have this person that comes and preaches, but he doesn't even live there. He just comes and does that yeah. for, you know, just to help out. Um, so there's a lot of people that that was probably in their brain. There are people listening now that may be like, yeah, that's never crossed my mind that <laughs> is there a church in my community that even pays people, employs people. Yeah, yeah. Like they, they may not. We just happen to be in the South yeah, um, where it is very, very common to uh, employ multiple ministers um, and multiple different staff people, if it's um, finance or assistant or tech people or uh, worship and executives, like we just had those people at our church that we end up paying right um, for that. Um, one of the things that I want to talk about, so again, is just kind of our paths into ministry. Mm. And two, maybe we can give a little insight on um, maybe you've grown up at church your entire life. Maybe you haven't. Maybe what are some unique things about working for church that yeah. people just don't get or understand? Yeah. Or maybe they're not um, in on the day-to-day, weekly, monthly, like what just goes on working for a church? Yeah. Because uh, it's different. Very different. Um, and I'm still pretty new. <laughs> yeah, you're still pretty new at this. I, I've I don't know how many years... Uh, next week will be eight years that I've been here at this church. Mm. Um, and then I worked for this may be my 12th, 13th year. Wow. Full-time ministry. Yeah. 12 years, maybe, um, worked at a church in Nashville and did a lot of internships in college and out of college and stuff. Um, we talked about, uh, you know, our jobs now, what, both of us have had a lot of jobs. Long and varied work history. What, what what was your first job and how old were you? I was 14 and uh, I was a shop boy uh, for a motorcycle shop in Decatur, Alabama. And this job... What is the sister city for Decatur? I have no idea. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but this was pretty wild as a 14-year-old. So it was a summer job, uh-huh. but I worked 40 hours a week. As a 14-year-old. You got paid under the table, right? I got paid cash under the table. Yeah, I yeah. made 150 bucks a week cash working 40, 40 hours, hours a week. So that's about 350 an yeah. hour. Um, and uh, that was my 
that was my first, what I would say, sort of like, real-ish li- job. Not, you know, not like I like, worked at concession stands yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mowing yards. But like something where they like expected that. 8 a.m., where is Chris? He's not here today. Yep. Like you had a schedule. And I, I rode my bike to this place. I mean, it was, uh, you know. They I didn't give you a motorcycle? They did not. No, I was, and that was one of the things I wanted to save up and like buy a scooter, buy a motorcycle or something. I spent every dime I made at that place. Never bought anything good. But uh, <laughs> it was uh, – it was a pretty cool job. Uh, some fam- a family friend owned that shop, okay. and uh, started off just kind of like sweeping up, keeping the shop clean. So it was uh-huh. like a they had a showroom where they were selling motorcycles yeah. and stuff, but then there was a big repair in the back, uh, and that's where I worked. Um, was keeping they the shop clean. They didn't want your face out front. No help. No, definitely not. <laughs> but uh, I got promoted, and I got paid no more. Uh, but I got promoted about midway through the summer, and I started. Now get your mind around this. <laughs> When you when you uh, buy a jet ski or a four wheeler, they come to the dealership in crates. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mostly assembled, but not fully assembled. Don't tell me you put them together. My job about halfway through that summer, my job was to bust open the crates and do the final assemblies on jet skis. And so I'm like putting tires on, putting the handlebars on and stuff. I mean, it's nothing crazy. If but you like, were out there in Decatur <laughs> and you rode on a jet ski and that handlebar <laughs> broke off and making one of those tight spin moves, uh-huh. Chris's fault. Yeah, but don't don't call me. <laughs> Statute of limitations is up on that one. Man. So that was my first job. I was 14. I worked at Kroger supermarket uh supermarket yeah kroger grocery store it was there was no super yeah just a kroger's kroger's k rogers yeah uh my aunt worked there this was in mountain juliet and i worked at a i worked at the kroger and i got hired the official title was like bag boy yeah right which i was like i can do this I love bagging things. Let's go. <laughs> I did not also know that that turned into like the subhead or the sub points of your like job description. Janitorial staff. Janitorial staff. <laughs> I'm over here cleaning bathrooms, yes. taking out the trash, sweeping the floors. And I was like, but I, I want to bag stuff. I want to bag stuff. <laughs> I didn't know I was cleaning toilets, but I did. But my favorite part of the job is they would say, we need you to sweep the floor. Yeah. You can sweep the floor for hours. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Because you do about two aisles, then you have to take it all the way back to the very back, yep. shake off that big uh-huh. mop, and then start the other two. It, 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 if you did it right, you could do it for about an hour and 15 minutes. There you go. So an hour and 15 minutes, I knew. Just push it. Now, this is pre, like, now I see people doing it. They got their AirPods in. Yeah. I had to listen to dumb, like. Elevator music. Or Mariah Carey nonstop, <laughs> or whatever they were playing. Um yeah, elevator music. I had to listen to that junk. But Kroger was fun. Yeah. I mean, it was the first job um, working there. And then from there, I think I have always, from 14 on, mm-hmm. I think I have always worked every summer. Yep. Um, whether it is uh, I got promoted to manager at a, 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 a gym, a workout gym. It's called like USA Gym, whatever. <sighs> In the shopping mall of Very the Piggly patriotic. of the Piggly Wiggly, um, and the sh- and so I, my job was to clean. Yeah. And at that point, I was probably I was probably sixteen, yeah. seventeen. I was driving. Yeah. I would open it up. He like it was weird to be that age and then being like, 
here is a key to the place and here's how to do the security code. I'm like, are you giving sure? me a key to this? <laughs> Clean everything down. And then in the middle of the day, some days it would be 11 o'clock, one o'clock, no one's working out. And you just like watch TV. Like I've cleaned everything. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like sitting on like the leg extension thing, just watching TV, <laughs> watching like, I don't know, Maury Povich or whatever yeah. it is. Like yeah, just like go. whatever's on TV, like, okay. Um, but doing stuff like that, um, what is one of the craziest jobs you've had? Uh, or uh, I was say crazy. What is one of the job where people are like, oh, okay. Um, I'll do one that was really interesting and then one oh, that was pretty cool. Now, don't don't go into the 30-minute spiel about you moving to whatever town you did. Where you were oh, selling. no, no. I, I don't even consider that. that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about uh, that oh, Okay, good, good, good. Okay, good. Uh, I was a bouncer in college at a bar. University of Alabama. Yes, the Jupiter, which was... <laughs> Wild. Now, were you this size in college? I mean, I know you were tall. I mean, you're what, 6'4", six, 6'3"? Six, yeah. Yeah, so you were that tall, but you probably weren't this big. I was pretty big. You are pretty big then? I was pretty big. Um, and the Jupiter at the time was like the place in Tuscaloosa. If big, if big music acts came to Tuscaloosa to play a bar. Like Sister Hazel? Sister Hazel, Kenny Chesney. Oh, wow. Uh, Dirks Bentley. And then all the all the all the other riffraff. All the, all the and uh, did a riffraff come? No, he did uh, not, he's a no. rapper. Sorry, <laughs> riffraff. But I, <clears throat> I uh, was typically the stage guy, and so I would be on stage. Well, you're back to the stage. No, I was on stage looking at the crowd, and I had two jobs. One was to keep people and stuff off, off the, the stage because mm -hmm. you know yeah, yeah, people yep. would just try to get up on stage. But two, I'm the eyes for the whole club. So if I see a fight, a fight out. breaking out in the back, I can like flag my guys and get them over there. That was a pretty wild job. Have you seen the movie Roadhouse? I have seen the Roadhouse. So you were Roadhouse. like Roadhouse. Yeah. You were like, um, uh, 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 what was his name? Dalton? Yeah. <laughs> you were um, Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Sweet. So, so. That's a crazy, so. That was a pretty wild job. So I got asked to be a bouncer. Yeah. And I didn't do it. Uh, one, I was working at a church at the time. Oh, well, that's going to be a conflict. It's going to be a conflict. <laughs> uh, in Hermitage, Middle Tennessee, Nashville area, there's this marina. We lived really close to the lake, Prissy Priest Lake, and there's an awesome restaurant that me and my wife would go to all the time. I would yeah. ride our, you know, we'd ride our kayaks over, park it, go eat there. It's a cool little restaurant. Yeah. Well, it got at night, sometimes it get rowdy. But yeah. one of the things about being on the marina is there was no drinks allowed outside because then you're out on the dock, so they can't do that. Right. So no drinks outside the door whatsoever. So you're, the, you're the drink guy. And so they were going to have some bands and stuff. And so we would frequent it once or twice a week. You got to know the owners of it and stuff. I work for a church. We're over here kayaking, just nice, whatever. And she was like, hey, what are you doing Friday night? I was like, I don't know. We didn't have any kids. <laughs> she was like, I need an extra bouncer. You want to come be a bouncer for me? And I was like, I kind of wanted to just to be like, I was, I got paid to be a bouncer once. Yeah. I love Roadhouse. Yeah. Uh, then I, and then I just, me and my wife had, we had to sit down and she's like, <laughs> you can't be like working for, you're a youth minister and you're bouncing at a bar at yeah. the same time. Wasn't the best. I get it. So I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, when I was in college, I worked for a company called 1-800-GOT-JUNK. Oh, I, I know this it is a, company. It is a current, it is a current company yeah. in Treetown, USA and wherever else you live. Um, big blue dump trunks, uh -huh. 1-800 got junk. 
And our job, this is back when, this is like pre-smartphone. So we had like this Sprint flip phone. Yeah. And we would get a text message that would say like, Betty Johnson, here's her address, half a truckload. Yeah. And we have no idea what it is. You're just going. And we drive to her house and we just pick up stuff. Yeah. And when we didn't have to pick up, so let's say this was nine in the morning and our next one's out to one, we they would say, drive around or stop at a heavily um, congested um, four-way stop or somewhere where you can park your car so people could drive past and see it, put on these blue wigs <laughs> and wave to people. <laughs> and they said, if you get like 15 honks, then you can leave. And they knew that was going to take like five hours because they're like, <laughs> no one's honking at these people. Or we had to drive up down neighborhoods and just put flyers indoors, which I hated. Um, but we got to keep anything. Okay. Anything that people. So I, I got like some cool, like boxing, like old school boxing gloves and a few things. There's some people that got like TVs yeah, and they fixed it for $5 in 10 minutes, but yeah. these other people didn't know how to fix it. Right. So there's that cool. Um, one time Chili's, the restaurant called us and oh, said, cool. our dumpsters did not come to get our stuff. We need you to come and empty our dumpsters out, which meant we had to get in the dumpsters and with all the bags, chilies junk and those bags be ripping. Uh, and we're, yep. And the guy I was with was over me and he goes, we're out of here. I don't care how much they pay us. And we called <laughs> our boss. He goes, get out of there. He said, you don't need that. That's nasty. So one 800 got junk. There you go. Is my nasty job. And I've, I've worked for, I was a lifeguard mm. and I taught swimming lessons for years yeah. and a lifeguard in high school. Who's going to let the 16, I was 17 years old, like <laughs> Saturday morning at 8 a.m. with like six eighth graders or eighth grade, eight year olds. Yeah. Trying to teach them how to swim. Why, that's dumb. Yeah. I want to do that. Um, all right. So that's a few of our funny jobs that we've had. So um, how, how did you, so you've been here right about July 1st will be two years. Yes. Full time. Mm -hmm. Now you were part time with us for what two or three years before that. Three. Yeah. You were part time three years, so you're going on five years. Yes. Wow. On staff, two years full. Tell me what you did right before this, mm -hmm. and how did your transition? How did you come into full time ministry? Yeah. So. Um, oh, and we didn't even hit about your current one, your current side <laughs> hustle job that is big. Yes. That's but, part of the story. But I want to know that part yeah. of the story. So put that in here. So, um, coming out of school, you know, I studied public relations, kind of, it just figured that that would put me on a path, either working in some sort of communication field, uh, or was that your major? Yeah. Public relations. So is mine. We have and, a lot uh, of in common when it comes to this. <laughs> and so either, either working in some type of communications for, for a company or something uh -huh. like that, or probably like working in sales or something yeah. like that. Got a sales job right out of college. I was terrible at it. Um, and, uh, so quickly got out of that and into advertising, mm -hmm. um, which is a PR branch. Yeah. yeah. So finally found my way into the communications world. Um, and worked uh, here in Birmingham for 11 years in advertising, and mm -hmm. that was great. You know, I, I worked at a at a great company, really good family mm -hmm. that I was working for. Had a lot of great relationships there, um, and you know, gave that gave me the opportunity to, you know, explore faith and uh, mm -hmm. you know, be on staff part time at church while I was doing that yeah. job. They were cool with that. 
Um, so that was all like a really important part of, you know, my development. Um, but in 2015, so that would have been, uh, six or seven years, six, seven, yeah, yeah, seven yeah. years. So after I'd been working, uh, in advertising kind of had, you know, some significant religious experiences, faith experiences in my life and felt called into ministry then. So 2015, that's six years ago at yeah. this point. Uh, and, uh, just kind of told God, I was like, I hear you. I hear, I hear this calling that you're giving me. I don't really see a path for this to happen, but you're God. If you want this to happen, you're open. I'm open to it. If yeah. you, if, if we can figure out a way to make this happen, I'm in. Um, and you know, I just kind of prayed through that for four years, really. Um, and didn't know what would happen, um, but uh, left the company that I was with for 11 years and went to a different company. And that really sort of uh, escalated my interest in, you know, moving into full-time ministry. But alongside that, uh, which you just uh, referenced, I've always had this weird hobby uh, of, you know, doing restorations on sort of old axes, old tools and stuff like that. And did that for a long time and nobody really knew about it or cared about it. And not really something I talked about. It was just something I did for yeah. myself and uh, for fun. Um, but ended up getting some exposure uh, yeah. to, for that, for that work that really we'll give a shout out. I mean, you, I mean, it's a big deal. We'll tell people <laughs> you don't like to brag on yourself. <laughs> I don't, I know you, uh, uh, you were in made the South garden and gun, right? So if you know, garden and gun magazine, um, you, you got somebody prompted you yeah. from this church to say, Hey, you should enter into this. Yeah. And you did. And you got recognized and right. made the South and this amazing yeah. longstanding magazine garden and gun. Yeah. It was, um, um yeah, nothing that I ever expected to happen. And really what happened was, and even then, as I was going through that experience, I didn't know what was happening. But overnight, this turned from a hobby, something that I made a little bit of money with, but really just kind of was making enough money to let me keep doing the hobby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, to it kind of turned into a business uh -huh. almost overnight. Um, and when that happened, it was just kind of like, you know, is this the thing that God is going to use to allow me to be able to take the kind of pay cut that I would need to take to get yeah. into full-time ministry? Yeah. And so uh, Katie and I just kind of started talking about that and praying about that. And at the same time, people here at Homewood were talking about it and praying about it mm -hmm. totally separate from me that I didn't know about. Um, and when I expressed, you know, some interest and that I was really sort of thinking about what comes next in my life. Um, you know, those two conversations kind of converged and it was like, well, it let's really like take this, a look at like this perfect storm of things. Yeah. And, uh, so in, in July of 19, it was just kind of like, well, I don't know what this is going to look like, you know, from A to Z. Um, but I'm trusting that God has kind of brought me to this place, um, where, I don't know. I don't know what the long-term future is, but I do know that this is what I'm supposed to do right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, been incredibly blessed to 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 one be able to uh, have a desire like that and be able to enter into ministry here at my church. Um, yeah, 
yeah, because how long have you been going here? We've been going here since 2008. Wow. Uh, so a long time. Yeah. And, and we've talked about this a lot. My whole life is wrapped up into this church. Our best mm-hmm. friends are yeah. a part of this church. You know, our kids are a part of this yeah. church. Our community is a part of this church. And so it's it's hard to put into words how special it is that, okay, I feel God calling me into ministry and I get to do that at my church. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just been super cool. I, I, I think me and Rick may be the only people on our staff that didn't go to church here before we were hired here. Yeah. Right, because our preacher Brett, they went here uh-huh. and hired on. Morgan, our children's minister, went here, mm-hmm. hired on. You went here, hired on. Yep. I was brought here for this job, so right. I moved three hours down here. I didn't know anything about Homewood until <laughs> I took this job. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so, but 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 which is really cool of God using people in here to open their eyes and to open their hearts and to say, "Hey, this is where." you need to be and it, which is really cool that well yeah and even even backing up for like you know what was the spirit's involvement in jeff reichard who's a member at this church saying hey man i think you should enter this contest i think you should win i think you could win yeah if i i don't know i don't know how god is always moving and working but like i'm pretty sure that if i hadn't done that my business wouldn't be where it is now to do this, to do this. And, yeah. you know, I just, I, if you look at life that way as, as God being an active participant in, in, <laughs> in what's going on, which is what you and I both believe. Yes. It's, it's really fun when you get to look back and see well, those times where he was moving and working. And that's you, big for anybody, not, not just ministry, but like, have the um have the the foresight to look back like yeah. like look back yeah. and go man these steps want to happen unless this and this and who knew of Jeff Riker knowing that and then doing this and then putting you in that position and which will lead you and then you could see man our prayers that me and Katie had back then of wanting to do this or the spirit in these five years here working in me that, Hey, so many years later, right. now I'm here yeah. and you didn't know what here was. Yeah. Right. And you didn't know what here looked like. Yeah. Um, if it was here mm-hmm. or it could have been somewhere else. Right. Uh, but just how that kind of worked around. And so, um, for anybody, what I take out of that quick story, um, is like, listen, yeah. Pray those prayers, listen, and know that it may not happen like that. Mm. Uh, yep. The spirit doesn't always, and God doesn't always work on our timing. And in and in your story in particular, it was a timing thing that worked yeah. out perfectly that you could not have ever planned out mm-hmm. or knew five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Well, if I do these steps, if I plan from here to here, I'm gonna get to where I want to be. Right. No, it took some detours. It took some paths around. Uh, but just being faithful to the calling is huge. Yeah, it, uh, you know, I, I, I've matured a lot in the past couple of years as far as my prayer life is concerned. Yeah. But you know, I don't want to misrepresent that I've always been this person who's really been dedicated yeah. to prayer. But I can say that that four or five year period from when I felt called into ministry uh-huh. and to when it actually became a reality, that was a consistent 
part of my prayer life. It was like, God, I still hear you. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm still listening. I'm still watching, you know, and, uh, that was a really, um, beautiful experience. Oh, kinda, absolutely. Kind of being on this side of it now it's, it, there were times when it was hard, uh, in, in that period of, of, uh, of waiting. And this is another thing that I'm not the right person to be given advice on this about because I'm not very good at it. Um, but I've been a sporadic journaler oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, over the years, and I really wish I was better at it. Uh, I, and, I, and the point of me saying this is to recommend to people to write down your thoughts, write down your prayers just as you go about life. Because what's really cool now uh-huh. is when I go back and look at some of those journal entries from the past four, five, six years, yeah. and, I, and I can see now how God was moving and working Mm -hmm. in tough stuff, like things that were not fun to go through, (laughs) but like to be able to have some of those thoughts written down that I can go back now and and appreciate God's faithfulness and um, his love and his care for like me and my family is really cool. So try to journal some stuff, write some stuff down. I tell our students that I'm bad about that too. (laughs) I'm bad as in I, I never do it, Yeah, but I could see the benefit, I should. Um, even if it's on your phone, I mean, you don't have to have this cool yeah. leather journal if you do sweet, yeah. but yeah, do that. So you can look back and it's, it, it, and it's a growing, it will grow your faith and strengthen your testimony of, mm. well, you know, when we talked about, do you, do you have a defense? Mm-hmm. You can be like, yeah, look, yeah. look how God has worked. There's no way this would happen without God. Right. Um, so if you are, um, I'm trying to think about, uh, we may have lost a lot of people going, <laughs> we're hearing these two guys talking about their work, working for church. Uh, but to bring this back is whatever that passion is. Yeah. If it's working for a church, if it's starting a nonprofit, if it's helping out, if it's, hey, I've never, ever been on a mission trip. I just want to go somewhere and serve and get out of my comfort zone and do something that I don't know. Spend that time in prayer and mm. know that it may take three or four years. Right. Um, it may take one or two weeks. It may take whatever it is. But um, if you feel that nudge and that pull to um, do something for God, uh, don't ignore that. Yeah. Pray for that. Yeah. Move towards that. And God wants to use your passion for people and a passion for axes and a passion for these things to say, yeah, we're going to use that. And God can use axes for his glory and he yeah. can use these things for his glory in a way that you probably never seen. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's people out here that go, man, I, I've always wanted to do this do it. If now's at the right time, pray for the right time. Right. And ask God for the right time. And then have the courage to say, just like you did, I'm going to quit my job Mm. and I'm going to go for this job. That's different. Um, sometimes it takes, and I talk about this all the time. uh, I mean, it takes that, you know, Peter moment to to step out of the boat Yeah, to go, okay, God, this is on you. Mm. I can't do this without you. I'm in that. Yeah, man. And I'm pretty sure I've told you this before, but it's like this weird combination of work that I do now. It's like I get to share more about God and his goodness and the story that's been working out in my life through this ax business. Cause like when I go and do stuff, it's like, how did you get into this? And then I get to tell this really cool story about how God has used this thing that, I didn't think would matter to anybody to yeah. one provide for my family, but two, I get a platform to like share about God's goodness. So that's yeah. pretty cool too. 
Yeah, because you go to shows yeah. and festivals that, and those things and you know nine out of ten people, and I'm not exaggerating, nine out of ten people when they come up to me and they look at my work, their first question is, Man, how did you get into this? It, yeah, because it's unique, <laughs> right? And that and and I've just taken that as an opportunity to tell a story about God. And how cool is that? And I've never had that opportunity in my life. It's hard for people to just come up and ask, why are you the way you are? You know, <laughs> people don't just do that. Well, but, people do that to me. And I'm like, I was probably dropped <laughs> on my head when I was younger. I have no idea. But you know, God has been, um, really good to me and to my family through this. And so like, I, I feel like that's an opportunity that he's given me to talk about that. Yeah. Sweet. So that's awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, my story <laughs> quickly so just i mean just in the ministry went to middle tennessee state university i was a pr major transitioned into a communications major communication studies so right along same my yeah. my goal was to do sports pr okay like i wanted to work for a professional sports league and do their PR stuff. Mainly, I just wanted to shoot like a t-shirt gun. Yeah. Like a t-shirt cannon. I want to be that guy. Yeah. Like, which you do. You're an intern. You get paid no money to do that. You get like free hot dogs and <laughs> a free t-shirt. But it's fun. Um, and so I was really on pace. Like, I want to do PR work. PR work. I was I was the vice president of the PRSSA on my campus. And went to New York and did the whole things. And went to Procter & Gamble and did all those things. Yeah. And it was awesome. And um couldn't find out at our school, you had to do like a PR internship. And at that point I was starting to get into ministry, into internships. Um, and I thought really at that point I realized I wanted to do ministry. So when I grew up in church or I, I didn't really grow up at church at all. When I went to college, then I got into a, um, Christian student center Raiders for Christ were the MTSU blue Raiders Raiders for Christ Christian Student Center, and that's really where I grew yeah. as a Christian. I got my best friends in that group. I just kind of, that's my first mission trip, first time ever teaching a class, doing that stuff. And one of our campus ministers, Sarah Johnson, shout out, I don't know if she's a listener, but shout out to Sarah Johnson. <laughs> um, she, uh, she said, hey, a church in town called looking for youth interns. So, you know, I keep saying internships. A lot of student ministries or some churches will have student ministry interns, mm -hmm. youth ministry interns. We have a boy and a girl or just a boy, or just a girl work for 10 weeks in the summer just to help out with all the events we do. Yep. Um, and I was like, I had no idea because you know, before that I was like, I'm, I've been cutting grass for the past <laughs> two with a buddy of mine who owned a business. I was like, I make good money. I'm in the sun. We're having fun with friends. I, I don't know. She goes, just talk to this church. She goes, I think you would be a really good youth intern. And a good youth minister. I said, okay. End up not getting that job. It didn't work out. But through that, she introduced me to another church that I eventually worked for that summer. Yeah. So I would, I've never been in the youth group. I'm, I'm green. I, I literally have <laughs> been baptized like two and a half years. Nice. Like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But there's my summer internship. And so I worked for this church, Old Hickory Church of Christ. There you go. I'm um, like the DuPont Village, Ooh. like the DuPont yeah, plant. The, plant? Yeah. the DuPont Village. It's literally in that DuPont Village um, out there in Old in Old Hickory, Middle Tennessee. And loved it. Mm. And absolutely loved it. And that just kind of put into me. And, and really, it was one person that yeah. said, I think you can do this. Yeah. And from there, that went on to that internship. 
Um, and then that year, I would just help out with the student center, teaching classes. We would host a youth rally. So they kind of put me in charge of the youth rally of getting speakers and games and food and just kind of learning a little more insight about youth ministry. Then went on to, um, uh, I worked at Old Hickory. Then I worked at a church called Murray Hills. Then I worked at a church, College Hills. Then I worked at all the hills, Highland in Memphis. And I did that again for a summer. So I did five summers and one of those was a year long where oh, I did wow. December to December. Um, but I worked for five summers at churches. And at that point about summer two, I was like, this is what I want to do. With my okay. Life. Like and I'm, I'm about a sophomore junior. Yeah. And that's when I made that switch from PR to communications. Cause it's kind of weird especially and if you're not church of Christ, sorry. And it, and it might be the same in other denominations. I have no idea, mm. but I didn't go to a private school. Right. And I wasn't married. Yeah. So when I got out to look for a job, they were like, no. <laughs> and it was weird. So in my head, I thought at least if I'm like a communications major that like speaking that's ability in the, in the vein that's yeah. that is at least down that path a little bit more uh, churches still didn't care <laughs> like i didn't even get i didn't even get interviewed because they're like where'd you go to school mtsu do you have a bible degree well, no mtsu doesn't have that <laughs> are you married no i'm a senior and you know in college and they're like well i'm sorry uh, which is crazy is when i graduated i applied for grad school and got in and I got engaged and I got interviews like crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, nothing changed from <laughs> this past six months. Guy, yeah. Nothing has changed, but I guess just the optics of, well, good. He's a, he's going to a Christian school now and yeah. he's married. He's going to be we normal. Can trust we him. can trust him. No, I mean, yes, you can trust me, but no, it didn't change anything about me. Um, so I did that. I got out of college, graduated, had no job. No one wanted to hire me. Mm. So I worked at the luxurious Cracker Barrel. Yes, the barrel. I love Cracker Barrel. My, our staff makes fun of me because I talk about Cracker Barrel all the time. Donning the old brown and brown. <sighs> the old brown and brown? You mean like the aprons? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had a red apron. I had a maroon. You must have been high, high class. I was a skill trainer. Oh, I trained the servers. Anyways, I love working at Cracker Barrel. You got to upcharge them to the... So, <laughs> upcharge them to the molasses. Biscuits and <laughs> cornbread. <laughs> um, but while I was in college, I, I worked at a Cracker Barrel. Again, yeah. we, I've had jobs my entire life. So, I worked at a Cracker Barrel. I got out. I moved back to Lebanon. And I was like, what am I going to do? I was like, I'm going to work at Cracker Barrel while I was getting my master's. Yeah. So, working there full time, getting my master's full time. Um, and then a weird thing happened. I was with a youth group or I was working that next summer. Um, again, college graduate, getting my master's, went back to be another internship uh -huh. because they were like, you can make biscuits or you could work with us again. I was like, I'd rather work with you guys. Right. It's one more year under my belt, one more summer. And then I got a call from a church in Middle Tennessee that said, hey, we want to interview you. Yeah. So that happened and uh, I ended up getting a job in uh, like Nashville, like right by the airport. Um, and what's crazy is that my wife, was graduating with her nurse with her nursing degree they made her um a weird deal she had a three-year contract with vanderbilt yeah well my job lasted for exactly three years <laughs> at that like it, it, it was crazy that like 
I worked for this church the exact amount of time that she had to be in Middle Tennessee. Because I had people from Florida calling and this and that, but we I never moved because I said, we're, I wanna, we're here. We're yeah. going to be here in Nashville. If not, we owe them like a billion dollars. Right. We're going to build so much money. It's like, no, okay, we're going to stay here in town. <laughs> um, so I worked for that church for three years, and I didn't know what I was doing. It was a smaller church. Loved that church. Um, and they eventually just kind of got smaller. They tried to hire me part-time. They're like, we can't afford a full-time minister. Right. At that point, I was like, I have to have a full-time job. Sure. So then I worked at Dell Computers, which was literally a quarter mile from the church that I worked at. It was like the same intersection. Yeah. But there was Dell Computers. And I had a bunch of people from my high school, and my friends worked there. Really? They said, we can get you an interview. Yeah. We can't get you a job, but we can get you in this door and get an interview. Right. So I did that. So I didn't have a job. My wife still had to be here for a little bit. We didn't want to move. And I said, oh, well, in between there, I went back and worked at Cracker Barrel. Because <laughs> I, 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 I just couldn't sit at home See and do old nothing. faithful. So I went back to Cracker Barrel, worked a little bit, got a job at Dell, worked there for about nine months maybe. Yeah. Inside sales, sold computers and routers and toner. I don't know. I just sold a bunch of All things. All that stuff. I just sold stuff. And I remember, so this is going to lead me to here to Homewood. On my lunch break, I was driving to the eye doctor appointment. Went to that appointment and I got a call. And it was our executive minister, Rick. Ah. Justin Peach, you don't know who I am. I'm Rick Caulfield, Homewood Church of Christ. We have a student ministry position open. We would love to talk to you. And I'm like halfway like, yes, Justin Peach, I got a one o'clock appointment. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Can you call back tomorrow? What's Homewood? I don't even know. I've never heard of Homewood. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Like, so I said, can you come back tomorrow? I'm kind of busy. We'll just see about this. Talked to my wife and I said, hey, this church called me. It wants to talk to me. She's like, okay. She's like, well, you've been out of this for a while. Yeah. Why don't you just talk to them? See what's up. It'll get you back into talking about church. It'll, it'll get you back in the swing of things. So when a church locally wants to hire you, you've been through you'll an be interview ready. process. You'll, you'll be ready. <laughs> right before this, a few weeks before Rick called was the Sandy Hook shooting. Yeah. Up in Connecticut? Connecticut somewhere up there. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm at my desk. I'm typing away, doing dumb things on the computer, trying to sell computers, just trying to like <laughs> give out quotes, call these businesses. And then people start talking. You start getting on Twitter and the phone and you start looking and being like, oh, this was a big deal. Yeah. I remember during my lunch break, going to the car and like bawling. Mm. And I was like, what am I doing? And then in the whole time I kept saying like, man, I wish I was a youth minister in that town to go mm. help yeah. and to be there. And to one for that student that did that, but two for the kids at that school and those parents. And I remember just sitting in the car going, why are you selling computers? And mm. the only reason I was there is because they were paying me. Right. Um, and because we felt like we had to be in Nashville in this time. And so then Rick calls a few weeks later. And again, that, that one thing kind of put it in my brain. You need to be with students. Yeah. You need to be with parents. You need to be working at a church with kids in some sort of capacity. And so Rick called, blah, blah, blah. Call me back later and talk to my wife. Hey, you should do this. You'll be ready. So we ended up talking to Homewood. And then we talked to Homewood again and again and again. <laughs> and we Skyped and we back and forth. And then they finally brought us in and said, you're, we, we want you to be our student minister. And I remember coming down here, we drove three hours down. Didn't even know anything about, we, we, we've only passed Birmingham going to the beach. Yeah. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> now we're going to the beach. There's Vulcan. There's a, there's a weird statue. Cool. Um, 
honey, this must be Tree City, USA. <laughs> Look at all these trees here. Um, I didn't know we'd ever passed Tree City. And so <laughs> that's going to be the title of this episode is Tree City, USA. Oh, <clears throat> Anyways, they end up bringing us here and we end up meeting with the people, meeting with the elders and different people. And before we got to the interstate, which is what, a mile down the road? Yeah. My wife goes, we're moving to Birmingham, aren't we? And we were both just like, yeah. Like, we just love this place. And we knew that God, and for us, it was a big leap of our whole family. Right. Middle Tennessee. We knew nobody here. I mean, mm-hmm. we knew two people, but we knew them just a little bit. They weren't like friends and had their cell phone numbers. Right. It was just like, hey, we kind of know you. Um, and we moved down here. And next week is eight years. Wow. That we've been in this community. Um and, uh, yeah, and it's just fun it, just to see how God was like, you're going to do public relations. You, I, I was never in a youth group and now I'm a youth minister for yeah. 12 years. Right. And it's like, Hey, it's, it's as much as you think you have your life planned. And I try to tell our students this, like our seniors, our juniors that are like, I'm going to this school. This is my major. I'm going to this grad school. Then I'm going to work here for a few years. And then I'm going to go to my dream job at this company and then happily ever after. Right. And you're like, good luck. (laughs) And two, which is great. Good luck. Like if you want to plan that out, great. But you know, but what I try to tell our students is where's the, where's the room in this for God and the spirit to Mm. move? Yeah. You have to always be open that the spirit is going to nudge you in the side and say, I think you would be better suited for the kingdom here. Right. And that may mean a pay cut. That may mean a state move. That may mean a whole career jump. That may mean whatever, you know, may be. If you have your life planned out from A to Z, you're not leaving room for God to intervene Mm. and to put you in the place where he needs you to be. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that you have to work at a church. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like, right, man, what you're saying is true and it's truth. But the outcome of that doesn't necessarily mean that whoever's listening to this podcast needs to evaluate their life and no. career decisions and say, well, I guess I need to be a ministry. No, like God is moving and working in your life in, in a <clears throat> specific way. And what he's calling you to do probably isn't going into full-time ministry. Oh, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> the odds are no. But, like... But he might be calling you to set some money aside to do this specific thing for him. Yes. Or uh, to give up some of your time to be invested in this ministry. It can take a lot of different ways, and, and that's kind of between you and God. But you have to be open to the idea that everything you've got planned out may not be God's plan. Uh, absolutely. And what is so cool in my student ministry is seeing kids go through the A to Z plan and them not doing it. Yeah. And them being like, I'm in this area. And for us to do, we do a camp. Um, we help out at a camp in Middle Tennessee in Murfreesboro called Camp Ability. Um, it's a camp for kids with special needs. On a whim, I got a call. Hey, you should go and volunteer here. It's a cool camp. It's so much fun. The kids are awesome. Your kids will love volunteering there. And I was like, okay, we're always looking to serve in new ways. Let's go to Murfreesboro and do that. Since we've done that, I think we've done two or three years. We haven't done it in the past few just because of the pandemic and stuff. But I've had a few kids in my youth group go on that trip and come back and say, I want to be a special needs teacher. Right. Like God pierced me in a way to mm. go, those people I want to love forever. Right. I want to do that. And it's like, 
geez, like some weird way. And so they could have been like, I'm going to be an accountant. But now it's like, God needs you to be teachers and God needs you to be nurses and doctors and, and lawyers and all yes. these things, but be open to go. It may not be the path that you want it to go down. Right. Um, leave room for the spirit. Yeah. Um, when you do those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, heck, who knows? Next year, I could be called out of this job. Right. And, you know, God can be like, I want you to do this now. Yeah. And, and, and there's no shame in, like, not working for a church and going back to something else uh-huh. or moving to this or doing that. Um, it's just being faithful. And we talk about it all the time. Just being faithful to the calling that God has for you. Yeah. And it may look different. It may be different yeah. than what you expected. Yeah, you mentioned at the beginning just kind of talking about some of the quirks of working in ministry. I think that's the biggest one. It's like... I felt very distinctly that when I took this path to come work here at Homewood, that kind of like my life is sort of wide open now. And it's like whatever path that I thought I had planned out before, I'm sort of done with that. And now it's really a commitment to kind of doing what I feel God is calling me to do and going where God calls me to go and being who God calls me to be. And that's exciting and a little scary at the same time. Man, we thought this is going to be one of our shortest episodes. Might be our longest. Well, this might be our longest episode. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to end. You know, we said like the cork. Like, what is something working for a church that maybe not everyone understands or gets or knows? Mm. We can do this quickly. I know we're going long. And uh, one, I'll say, is a challenge, and then one is really cool. Uh, the challenge is I'm a connections minister. So I I sort of view my job in two ways. One, it's creating opportunities for our church to be more connected with each other Mm -hmm. through small groups, through events, through, you know, specific things that are, that are put together for us to build community with one another. Um, when you work in ministry, you got an eight hour day or whatever. I mean, it's not an eight hour day. It's very rarely an eight hour day, but you have time when you're in the office quote unquote but like i have to find ways all right so wait i, I forgot the second part so <laughs> so one is creating opportunities for yeah. people to connect but the other is i feel it's my job to connect with people oh yeah to know people Absolutely. and to be a part of their lives to do that i have to work on their schedules and everybody else is in offices and are running around are, doing their day they job. They are usually nine to fives. So that means my lunches are booked up. I'm trying to catch Man, breakfast with we folks. N- we never go to lunch together. <laughs> we had a meeting today that they brought us in lunch. I was like, I could have lunch with Chris today. Because you're always, which is great. You're always out there meeting other people at our church I, I've, and just connecting with them, which I is cool. I view it as part of my job to be out of this building as much as I'm in the building. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Because I got to be where the people are. But that can be a challenge because, yeah. you know, sometimes people can't get together till 7 or 8 at night. And, yeah. you know, it's part of my job. I got to go be there at 7 or 8 at night, you know. So that's a, that's a little bit of a challenge that I don't think people think about. It's like my my time to connect with people is it's comp- on their off time. Is compressed into when people can connect with me. Yeah. Um, but then a really cool part and uh, is man, I just marvel that it's part of my job to get to have quiet time with God. Yeah, I get to spend time in prayer. You know, we get a prayer list for our mm-hmm, church mm-hmm. and that is part of my job. Like <laughs> to, it's still just pray. wild to say out loud. It's part of my job to be in prayer and to be connecting with God. And uh, that's something that I really wanted um, to be a part of my life working in full-time ministry. I'm really thankful that like, 
that's a really cool thing that I get to do is like, I get to hang out with God and like be intentional about that part of my life as a part of my job. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Well, and on the flip side of that, <laughs> I say one of the hard things for me that has happened in the past that, that over my 13 years of doing it that I've had to kind of learn is yeah, I get paid to read the Bible <laughs> and to teach and to study and to pray and to be with that. But a lot of times it's me doing it to speak it to other people. Right. It's, it, 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 it has taken a while for me to be like, I'm reading this and to turn my brain off to like, how am I going to teach this? Right. How, how am I getting now that does help me understand the Bible sure. and apply it to my own life. But to be like, well, you have all day to read the Bible. Yeah, I do. But I'm, writing lessons and I'm preaching and you know, you know, like during the summertime, I may have a Sunday morning lesson, Sunday night That's what lesson, you're doing right Tuesday now, night yeah. lesson and a Wednesday, like I'm going to teach you four lessons a week. Yeah. All right. That's well, a lot I, of prep, a lot of study, a lot of prep study. And it's like, but when am I doing that for me? And yes, of course I am getting that, but I've had to learn to yeah. No, you need your own time aside yeah. to just for you that you're not going to teach on this. Yeah. Um, man, working at ministry, I wear so many different hats. Yeah. Especially being the young guy on staff sometimes. It's like you end up being like the tech guy. Uh-huh. Um, you end up being like, hey, we need you to go pick up this up from this old lady. She, her car, <laughs> will you go jump her car off? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm here. So they call the church for help. Right. Hey, will you come and move this for so? You know, you get these weird. So I think most people don't. People call the church for help. Yeah. In a lot of, and it's not, in a lot of times it's rarely prayers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is like, like, I need groceries I, today. I, I need stuff. I need this and that. And so if you think like, I'm only going to be here to speak to teens and to, <laughs> and to equip them, it's like, mm, I'm also over here, like washing a car sometimes yeah. and doing this and doing that. Um, yeah. and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, I think the whole eight to five deal is weird. Like, yeah. You know, like I was saying, I was up here at nine o'clock the other night because yeah. I'm home with my family till they go to bed. Mm-hmm. And then I, I have to get other things done. So mm-hmm. I have to come back at church at night. And um, especially during the summertime, right? I may go to a camp for 10 days. I work 10 days, 13 hour days. Right. That I'm just there having to be on and stuff. And so, um, yeah, I, I think just the uniqueness and weirdness of like, one thing that I liked about working at, a Cracker Barrel was when I clocked out, You're I never done. thought about biscuits again yeah. until I walked back in. Right. And then it was, okay, how can I serve this, you know, biscuit? Yeah. Here, and with you, our brains never turn off to this job. And right. I know a lot of people do that in other businesses, but it's it's not a clock in, clock out job. You know, I thought to some people, like, one of the blessings and one of the sad things in my job is, like, I get those calls at midnight mm. of we just got this report of cancer or we get this call of, Hey, my, uh, this has literally happened, but Hey, I, one of my friends just called me and they're thinking about committing suicide. What should I do? Yeah. And that's waking you up at 1am going, all right, it's go time. It's go time. Right. And especially with student ministry, Mm. we played games in this room last night. We got to dress up silly and play games and we play kickball and we go to bouncy places and we have fun but there's also those calls. Right. And there's also those moments of parents getting divorced and mm. sickness. And my friend is dying cause they're sick and having to go to those things. And, um, but that's what 
we signed up for. Yeah. And that's why I want to be in this ministry. Um, that's why I want to do this is like to be there in the broken times and to be there with the happy times and rejoice with them and to walk with them in tough times. Yeah. Um, people, man. It's like, yeah, it's the really beautiful parts about working in ministry are also the really hard parts and that's people, you know, it's <laughs> like, uh, you feel, um, really connected to, but also like you're carrying burdens with people in a really real way when you work in, in a ways that ministers get that other people don't. Yeah. I mean, we get the phone calls and the stuff that a lot of people don't get and that we can't share. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you kind of hold that weight too mm -hmm. because you're sad for them. Yeah. You want to be, you with feel them. it like and in you, a really real way yeah, because yeah, it's yeah. like part of your family, you know? So, uh, it, so here is my encouragement. We're going to wrap up guys. You're guys like, you're talking for two hours over here <laughs> to, to end this, to end on that note. If you're listening to this, 99% of you go to a church. Mm. A lot of you maybe go to our church. We, yeah. may, we may get a lot of texts and calls tomorrow on this. But um, know, that, um, know that your ministers carry that weight. Mm. It doesn't matter if they're a tech minister. It doesn't yeah. matter if they're children's, if they're the, like, it's not just the preacher. Right. It's every, and it's really every, especially at our church, yeah. it's everyone on staff, right? It's not just ministers Our right. like ministry assistants. They're getting the same prayer list that we do right. and know that, um, as much as we sit here on Sunday mornings and we have to be on mm. and we're smiling and we're welcoming people because we want people to feel welcome. Not that we're going home sad every day, but, th <laughs> but there's a, a weight that we hold yeah. that a lot of people don't see. Mm. So you don't have to reach out to those people, but this week, pray for your ministers. Mm. Just pray for them that they have peace in that and, um, and just know that, you know, we're doing our best, yeah. <laughs> you know? And there's a lot of people that can be griping at their ministers. Well, they don't do this, they don't do that. Man, we're all trying to do the best we can. Yeah. Um, and whatever that may look like, whatever setting that may be. Mm. Um, Cause it's a, it's a different job. It's a different thing, man. And it's a weird job because we, you know, we talk about this. We're already long, whatever. <laughs> this is also a weird job that we work for a nonprofit. Right. So most churches, our church, we fully are funded by the generosity of the people that go to our church. Right. And we are so grateful and thankful and blessed by them. It's also weird that next week, half of them could be like, I'm yeah. never coming back again. I'm gonna go to this church for some odd reason. Yeah, and then we're like, well, we're not here anymore. Really, really not job security, <laughs> right? And it's weird, but that's also a risk that we're like willing to take to right. work for a church to say, hey, we we are invested in this church and this community and these people, um, and and also know that for your church, right. like they're doing the best they can. They're there and they're there because they want to be there. They want to serve and love, and they put on burden and they take those things. Mm. Um, and if you're not using your minister, if you haven't called your minister to say, hey, I appreciate you. And two, will you pray for me? They they want those two phone calls. Right. They want the, hey, will you pray for me? And two, I just appreciate you. Yeah. And that's going to make their day because they want to pray for you. Right. And they want to say, hey, thank you. Yeah, man. That's well said. I can keep rambling, but we'll, <laughs> we'll end there. Well, hey, thank you guys for this uh, marathon. Episode 42. Longest one ever. We'll be back next week. Uh, with episode 43, like, share, subscribe. If you're a minister out there and you're like, hey, I would have said it this way. Hit us up. <laughs> Tell us. Hit us up uh, with that. So, hey, have a great week. Love you guys. 
See y'all next time. Bye.